And recording. All right, welcome to Strong Calm Podcast. My name is Aaron Dunn, and this podcast is all about how to strong your calm. Calm, C-O-M. That's the root word for together or in common. And we use that as a springboard to talk about communication, community building, and how those two things build stronger companies, whether that's the business that you're building or the company that you keep. Like the person that I have uh, right across from me, at least in laptop form, his name is Adrian Watkins. He is a real estate entrepreneur and a multifaceted professional. Uh, Adrian, what is up? And please introduce yourself to the people who may not know you. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, Aaron? First off, I want to start off by saying thanks for having me and inviting me on your show. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Um, a little bit about me, like, like Aaron said, my name is Adrian Watkins. I'm a 27-year-old full-time entrepreneur um, slash real estate investor slash author um, of the book Real Estate Secrets. And I've been in business for the last three years, um, not by myself, but um, for myself, and um, just been enjoying the process and, and the journey. And the journey. Um, <clears throat> a little bit about me, I got my entrepreneur background I started my entrepreneurial journey at the age of 16. And um, I've always knew, knew since uh, a youngin' that I didn't want to be average. You know what I mean? I always knew I wanted to be above average. I wanted to, to, to a certain lifestyle that I wanted to have, right? So um, I got my first job at 16 at McDonald's and I got fired that, for that same day, that, on that first day. So I knew since then, like, it wasn't, it, it was, you know, working working at nine to five wasn't for me, you know what I mean? So uh, fast forward to that, uh, fast forward, I um, started doing a little bit of multi-level marketing, different businesses and, you know, ruining my whole warm market. Uh, but, the, you know, the learning process, <laughs> <laughs> the learning process was, was priceless, you know what I mean? So um, then I started doing insurance. I got a little bit of success. Uh, selling insurance and a lot of uh, while I and through that process I learned that's where I developed my sales skills I learned how to build rapport and I found I fell in love with reading and um, just gaining knowledge and always learning and growing and developing self-improvement um, overall and then um, I stumbled upon real estate and that just completely changed my life you know um, like I said I've been doing it for the last three years um, I've done over 50, you know, I don't know the exact number, but well over 50 transactions. Um, I built a portfolio for myself, a rental portfolio for myself that pays me every month consistently. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Just another day in the life of Adrian Washington, <laughs> you know, killing it is what it sounds like winning, winning. Uh, you do have a podcast called about winning, right? Yes, yes, I do have a podcast called About Winning. You can check it out on all streaming platforms, uh, Apple, um, and we also have the uh, video version on YouTube. You can check it out. It's up Adrian Watkins uh, slash About Winning TV. Love it. Well, um, I want to dive into uh, all of that, man. Uh, you know, it this is this is a living, breathing example of strong, calm in real life. I think because the way that we got connected, we've known each other for hours, not days. I would say, uh, because we got connected through uh, a group, a Facebook group, and um, it was I guess it was on podcasting, that kind of thing. And somebody uh, was it Jeff, Jeff Trimble? Yeah, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, Jeff he Trimble. he posted a a, a great uh, thread. Just, 
one, yeah, shout out to Jeff. Uh, I, I had a good phone call with him. Uh, he's a, he's a hustler, uh, also. And, uh, I was listening to the podcast that you had uh, with him just to learn a little bit more about him and, uh, and, and yourself. So, uh, we got connected through a Facebook group and I just, I just say that because it's strong calm in action because, you know, Adrian reached out to me and said, Hey, you've got a podcast. It sounds really cool. Uh, let's, let's, let's do like a swap. Let's, let's, I'd like to be on your show. You'd like to be on mine. Let's just, you know, let's just make something happen. And in a matter of what, 24 hours, here we are chatting with each other, learning about each other. And I, I say strong common action because you're a person who takes action, willing to communicate, put yourself out there and to, you know, really meet an absolute stranger on, you know, a totally different time zone. But this is the power and the opportunity that we all have when we uh, put together our own really make up our own life and uh, get intentional about building a personal brand. Um, these type of things happen. And it never, you never know what's going to happen afterward. And that's, that's the magic. So I, I respect and appreciate uh, you for reaching out for me, uh, out to me and inviting me on your show. Uh, and I'm excited to introduce uh, my listeners to who you are, but also get to know who you are because uh, most of the time when I have a guest, um, I'm pretty familiar with them. So, um, you said uh, in your intro a few different things that really caught my ear, and I think probably caught the ear of the, the listeners uh, of this show. So first off, I want to I want to start with getting fired at McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, I, I know this is like a memory, a very distant one that you probably like to keep that way. But um, tell me about that. Like, what what happened that you got fired in in the same day? Man, it's crazy. I, I haven't really told this story in detail, but um, hey, what the heck, man. Um, so it was my first job. I just turned 16. And I, you, know, you know, when you turn 16, I'm applying. You know, I applied to McDonald's and I got the job. And um, I don't know what it was, man, but the, the, they ended up firing me, I think, within like three hours of the shift because uh, the manager had told me to, I think she told me to like sweep, the, mop the, uh, the, the grill area or whatever, right? Back when they, where they make the burgers and stuff like that. And I saw somebody just standing there with a, and he wasn't doing anything, right? And at the time I was on the fries, you know, at McDonald's, you know, typically they start you off on the fries. I don't, have you worked at McDonald's before? I haven't, I haven't. Okay. So whenever you work at McDonald's, sense. usually they start you off at, on the fries. You know, you wear a white shirt and start you off on the fries. So I don't know what was going on, but they told me to, to mop the kitchen. And I saw somebody just standing there. So I, I handed him the mop. And I was like, hey bro, just mop the kitchen. <laughs> just mop the kitchen. <laughs> And uh, I guess they didn't like that, bro. So they ended up firing me. They said I don't know how to follow instructions, and I don't know, man. There's a little bit more, in, a little bit more to it too, man. But yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's always those details and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that highlights something that's really, really interesting. Is that that you know you could you could case it as like, man, uh, you need to not be lazy and just mop the dang kitchen and follow instruction. But at the same time, knowing you now. Uh, that you've built a successful business for yourself, it sounds like that could have been a, a first, you know, instance of you being willing to uh, find somebody else, finding a pocket of potential productivity and delegating, uh, you know, a, a task so you could continue in succeeding in your fry station. So I just wanted to, to, to poke into that a little bit. Um, you also mentioned uh, multi-level marketing and you mentioned how you're ruining your warm market with multi-level marketing. And I have some experience in multi-level. I think a lot of people have uh, some experience 
in multi-level uh, because of the nature of it. It's just like that's, that's how you do. So uh, I want to ask a couple questions about that. Uh, my dog is, is making an appearance on the show. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to ask you about that. So like what, what was the product you were selling and how do you feel about multi-level marketing today given that you've built a legit business and I, I, I say that with uh, a little bit of trepidation by saying legit business but uh, how do you feel about multi-level marketing today given your experience uh, that's a great question so <clears throat> I got started with uh, I think my first multi-level marketing company was Amway and um, I think the I got introduced to a meeting by one of my co-workers at McDonald's so I was 16 and um and um, I ended up, I think around the time there was a convention coming up, right? So, you know, as you know, conventions, it's like a whole weekend event. Uh, you get, you ride a tour bus to wherever it is, or you uh, book a flight to go to that convention. And at the convention, I actually um, got the chance to meet a lot of like successful people that were making seven figures, uh, six figures, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I heard uh, multiple people speak like Tony Robbins, um, John Maxwell, and um, you know, that, I would say that kind of like set it off and, and, and gave me, because um, before before um, McDonald's, I was playing basketball. Like I played basketball since I was six years old. So, I, you know, I was like AAU, um, MVP, all of that. So I was pretty good. I played varsity my freshman year in high school. So, um, you know, I always saw myself being in the NBA. But when I went to this convention, I kind of saw like another path to achieve my goals and dreams, if that makes any sense. And um, I just fell in love with it, man. And, and, and throughout that process, I fell in love with like self-improvement and being better and, and, and entrepreneurship in general. Um, to ask, answer your question as far as what products I sold, um, and I think it was, man, it was like toothpaste and stuff like that. But when I say I ruined my warm market, I actually, when I, I mean, what I mean by that is my credibility. Like at the time, they, 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 the internet wasn't as big as it is today. So at the time, they kind of taught you to, um, make a list of your top hundred people and ask them to join the business or whatever. And um, throughout that process, I would always, I would do exactly what they told me to, you know what I mean? I would reach out to my mom, my dad, my auntie, my uncle, my friends, my family members, you know what I mean? And ask them, Hey, um, buy this toothpaste from here. You can save some money and et cetera, et cetera. And then once Enway didn't work, I went to another business and it was the same process. So they was like, Oh, okay. It's not Enway this time. Now it's this. Then it was, you know what I mean? So it was like my, my warm market quickly uh, got ruined because my credibility um, was getting smaller and slower and lower because, you know, I didn't have, like, I was jumping from business to business, you know what I mean? Instead of staying consistent and um, finding a way to make it work. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that we're talking about this a little bit because, you know, MLM, it definitely gets a lot of, a lot of heat, you know, and deservingly so because, you know, I, I have a, uh, somebody that introduced me to a product called the uh, Advocare, you know, and uh, you know, it's, it's a good product. And it's like energy drink, but also, also like health and fitness, that kind of stuff. And energy drinks is good. Somebody introduced my wife to it. My wife and I got involved for a little while and, you know, we didn't take it too seriously, but this person that in, it invited us was a million dollar earner, like multi-million dollar earner. And then just recently Advocare went, right. it tanked, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like a, it's not if, but when type of scenario. And that's why they have that kind of bad reputation. Uh, but what I love about what you said is that it opens you up to uh, John Maxwell and Tony Robbins and these powerful, powerful people 
that can really help anybody, you know, go from one level to the next and really start, you know, thinking, you know, it just opens up your mind. And that's what I respect and enjoy about MLM is that the cost of entry is low. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the potential return, at least in the context of like life in general, like that might have not, you might not be McDonald's didn't introduce you to those people, for example, you know what I mean? Uh, McDonald's didn't introduce you to, to, to powerful people like that. So um, I, I really like the fact that you have a healthy respect for it, even though you have the recognition that, you know, it, it really matters if you're going to take business somewhere. It really matters what you're doing and, and that you stick with it. So let me, and let, me, um, let me let me let me piggyback on that too, uh, Aaron, because to, I think a part of your question was also what do I think about multi-level marketing now in 2020? And yeah. what I would say to that is I think it's I think <clears throat> with the internet being what it is today, I think you can't go wrong. You feel me? Um, I, I, I mean, of course, it's not it's you know multi-level marketing isn't a get rich quick get rich quick scheme. You have to put in the work. You know what I mean? But I think. The thing I love about it is because um, is that it still gives it's still giving people hope. You know what I mean? It's still giving people a different um, a different uh, like giving it's giving people options to achieve to to hit to um, fulfill their goals and dreams. You know what I mean? Um, there's a statistic out there right now, and it's that 76% of Americans today are living paycheck to paycheck. So um, multi-level marketing, uh, you know, I think personally that you know that usually that's how people get their inch their their start. And their, and their entrepreneurial journey because they start to start thinking differently. You know what I mean? Start starting to think with a business mindset versus a um, worker's mindset. So, um, and not to mention, there's so many tools nowadays to be successful versus when I got started back in um, whatever year that was. I think it was like 06, 07, something like that, 05. Um, and um, yeah, there's so many tools out there right now to be successful. For example, um, a lot of times with these multi-level marketing, I, you know, I know that it's evolved since then, since I've been got started. But now, um, a lot of times there was uh, a lot of the products were like supplements, right? Um, mm -hmm. so just using that as an example. Um, nowadays, there's tools that you can utilize, like click funnels, to where you can build a funnel specifically on that on that uh, that product, and you can you know, like you'll blow your business off through you know blow your business up just by utilizing certain tools which weren't um, available to us around that uh, back in the day. So I think it's a phenomenal yeah, yeah. start. I think it's just if you decide to do that business, to um, utilize the tools and, and that you have in front of you and take it seriously. Yeah. Right, right. Take it seriously and really be, you know, understand the risk that comes with it. You know, it's just, it's just like anything else. You know, there's going to be risk and reward. And it's going to, you know, MLM has its own unique risks. Real estate's got its own unique risks. And, uh, just to really be a educated person about it. So moving right along, I want to get into the meat of, of, of you know, what you do now, really. So I'm going to leapfrog a little bit into, uh, you know, coming from insurance and, and just talk a little bit about, you know, your real estate business and how you got involved in real estate. Like for me, real estate's never really been something that's, that's interested me. Uh, I don't know why. It's just not something that, you know, I've sold cars, but I, I never really wanted to sell a house. Uh, but I do know that it is a revenue, it is a, it is a millionaire maker. Real estate is a millionaire maker for a lot of people. 
And as somebody who wants to be, you know, successful monetarily, it, you know, does catch my eye and I have it in the back of my mind of like, man, maybe I need to, you know, I don't want to miss the boat on this type thing, even though it's going nowhere. And that's the magic of it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got involved and, 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 and what you're doing now, like, what is your business and, and talk about your business a little bit. Right. Awesome. So, um, as you know, real estate, not business, not 95% of, um, millionaires got put, um, most of their wealth through real estate. So, um, that's, that's a crazy statistic right there in itself. So, you know, so it's kind of like, if you want to be a millionaire, you kind of want to, you know, know a little bit of something about real estate. So, um, but I got started by, I was actually renewing my, my license, my insurance license. And I met a gentleman, um, he, that was actually there and he introduced me to a, a book on tax deeds. And, um, like me, like this, this, what my, um, just what my, uh, my characteristic is like, once I learn something, you know what I mean? I'm going to try to implement it and see if it's really real or if it's, uh, if it's bullshit. And um, so he taught me on tax deeds and I, you know, I started like going out to the county um, courthouse and looking up, you know, looking up what exactly tax deeds is. And I started taking action. And then I, throughout that process of um, learning, getting my hands on as much as I can regarding real estate, I, I, I quickly uh, learned about a strategy called wholesaling real estate. Um, <clears throat> so wholesaling real estate is pretty much, um, the, the, the strategy of finding a discounted property, putting that property under contract, and then assigning that contract to an end buyer for a fee, which uh, an assignment fee. So an assignment fees, the assignment fees usually range between 5,000 to 20,000. You know what I mean? There's people that make assignment fees of 100,000, but the average is around five to 20,000. You know what I mean? The, the more, the better your skills are, the better your negotiating is, um, the more your assignment fees increase, all right? Um, as you know, in real estate, there's several strategies. There's buy and hold, there's a uh, fix and flip, there's wraparounds, there's, there's a whole bunch of strategies that you can utilize It's subject to, um, there's so many strategies that you can utilize, but the strategy that I started with was wholesaling real estate. Okay. What motivated you to get into to wholesaling instead of the other strategies? So that's a great question. Um, so the, the reason why I was uh, leaned towards wholesaling is because it requires you to have little to no money. You don't need a real estate license and um, you don't need credit to get started. So at the time, like um, my funds were like, I didn't have a lot of money to put towards marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I, you know, and um, I wanted to, to invest in real estate. So I'm not a realtor, right? I want to let your listeners know that I'm not a realtor. I'm a real estate investor. There's a difference. So um, a lot of times real estate investors make a lot more money um, versus real estate agents. Everybody, but everyone has their preference. Everyone has their, you know, to each its own, but I'm a real estate investor. So um, to answer your question, like I said, you, wholesaling real estate requires you to have little to no money, no credit or a real estate license. So that's why I chose that, that strategy. Okay. Gotcha. So awesome. So you had kind of an open, you know, you, that, that, that gave you the ability to kind of get started a little bit quicker. Um, so tell me about, talk about, you know, your first deal. Like how did that come together? Right. Awesome. So my first deal, man. So my first deal, I actually, uh, it took me a while to get my first deal, right? Because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have, you know, I was kind of just going off of, you know, what I've seen in books and, 
um, and 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 uh, YouTube and stuff like that. Because and so I didn't have a mentor, and like the people that were successful in their business, they weren't give, just voluntarily giving out free game. You feel me? So um, I kind of got my 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 lessons from the School of Hard Knocks. So, but I put my first deal on the contract by sending out a direct mail campaign. Um, what that is is pretty much I, I pretty much had a postcard, right? I had a template for a postcard that says, "Hey, look, um, uh, we buy houses," or I forget exactly what the template said, but. Um, it says pretty much, I, I see you own the property on one, two, three main street. Would you be interested in selling this property? Um, I can buy the property as is for cash with a quick offering. And I had a marketing number on the postcard, right? Not my own personal cell phone number. I had a marketing number on that postcard. So that way I can track the, the calls. Um, so I had a seller, I think at the time I only had enough money for 200 mail pieces, right? 200 postcards. So I sent out 200 postcards to an absentee owner list. Um, that list. So when I sent it out, I had several people call me, but one of the ladies that called me said she had a property for sale and that she wanted to get rid of it. She's done with it. Um, um, she has hope people breaking in the house and she doesn't have the money to fix it up. So I met her at the property. Um, and I was, you know, talking to her and, you know, getting a feel for the situation. And I ended up putting the property on a contract for, I think it was 17,000. And I sold it to a investor. Well, I signed a contract to an investor for $1,500. So I think I sold it to him for $18.5. So I made like $1,500. But knowing what I know today, like I could have made a whole bunch more money on that deal. But (laughs) I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just happy that I put a property on the contract. Um, Today, I could have sold that that contract for like $25,000 or something like that, man. But um, you know, the, the learning lessons and, and the, the proof of concept was priceless. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, my, for sure, I got for my sure. first deal. Okay. Uh, so, so, and, and that, that, that put a little bit more, uh, color, uh, to it for me in certain, that example. So, so you help so, so you find a lot of deals, you kind of broker the deal and then you introduce it to the people who possibly have the money. And then you take a little bit of that, uh, off the top. Uh, to earn, to earn your keep, to for find, it's kind of like a finder's fee. Am I reading that right? Yeah, exactly. So pretty much your end buyers or your fund, I call them funding partners. Other people may call them cash buyers. Um, I call them funding partners because at the end of the day, they're funding the deal. Um, so your funding partners are, are other investors, right? They could be other people that are that have several properties that are there. Could be landlords, right? Um, it could be people that are buying properties and fixing and flipping. Uh, but the kicker is these investors are have have cold hard cash. Um, they're not. They don't need to get um, bank financing. They have cash in the bank, or they're utilizing un- other f- funding strategies such as hard money or private money. Um, so that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is you want to um, build up a network of funding partners, so that way whenever you do f- find a deal or put a deal on the contract, you have someone to to uh, shoot it over to to see if they if they have any interest. Yeah. Okay. So I think this gives us a good uh, set of context for the show. Uh, and now I want to really jump uh, intentionally into the com C O M uh, right. portion of the pocket. So, so, so uh, first off communication. All right. So communication, uh, I'm curious uh, about how you communicate to those two people. These, you know, it, it seems like your business, um, revolves around how you communicate to two different people. 
the people who are motivated sellers, people who are trying to get out of a house uh, and are struggling to do so, and uh, building that network of funding partners because, man, who doesn't want a bunch of people they can call, they can call that has a bunch of cash on hand? I want to know those people. So uh, let's talk. Let, let's tackle the first one, uh, the, the motivated buyers first. You said that you used a marketing campaign, strong call uh, of, of postcards, direct mailers. Uh, I've got a couple questions along those lines. So like, uh, you know, I've seen these signs everywhere. You know, I think that most people have seen the signs. Like, we buy houses. Uh, we buy ugly houses. Is probably <laughs> the most famous, right. uh, famous uh, 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 billboard or whatever that people are going to be familiar with. And I see, you know, little signs here and there of people doing, you know, the work that you do. Um, tell me a little bit about how you cut through the noise of, you know, a crowded marketplace of like, you know, there's there's people who uh, are are doing the work that you do um and uh are doing it in different ways how do you cut through the noise and and become that person that our people are gonna you know pick up the phone and call you instead of somebody else that's, that's a phenomenal question aaron i i, I think big the <clears throat> so, i mean that's this so many answers to that question right that's like a loaded question but let me see where do i start i think uh because because of the, the the lower the low barrier of entrance to this strategy, um, you know, it doesn't require any money. You don't need a professional license. Uh, you know, a lot of people try. There's a lot of comp There's a lot of competition because you know everyone is trying to get started. So um, a lot of times, um, those those people like when you go into these these seller appointments, you may the seller may have like a stack of postcards from other people that are investing or like you said, the bandit side, the signs that you see on the roads of we buy houses, a lot of times those are new new investors that are looking to get their feet wet, that are trying something that they heard. You know, they may have read it in a book or they saw a video. They're not really like real investors, right? Which I'm not knocking them because, you know, that's how I got my start. You know, I just did a whole bunch of marketing and just seeing which one stuck. But mm -hmm. the way that you separate yourself from the competition, there's, there's two things. And to, um, as you said, your comment, communicate, to communicate your message better um, is by um, staying consistent, right? Um, staying consistent, and what I mean by that is, um, if you send out, if you're doing a form of marketing, let's just say direct mail, right? You do that form of marketing, you wanna stay consistent and make sure you get on a schedule and send that, send that, make sure you're hitting, like make sure you don't just send 200 postcards and then don't send, just because you, you didn't get a deal, you stop sending them, you know what I mean? Um, you, might, you wanna measure your results, and then uh, follow those, you know, analyze the details and then follow up with another campaign. You know what I mean? Um, another ish, another thing that you want to take into consent, consideration is uh, your KPIs, your key performance index uh, indicators, right? Um, that's why I use a tracking, a tracking phone number, a marketing number to track my response rates on my postcards. I want, if I send out 200 postcards, I want to know how many phone calls I got, how many appointments came from those postcards. Um, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You know what I mean, and that's going to give me a, a, a telltale sign of what's working and what's not working. Um, a lot of people, a lot of um, new investors, they're not doing, they're not measuring their results. So a lot of times they're just, you know, throwing um, darts at a wall and just seeing which one sticks. So um, mm -hmm. to answer your question, I would say you want to measure your measure your response rates and um, stay consistent. Love it. Love it. Um, okay, so 
say, you know, and, and I, I like, I like, I, I think that's great advice. Um, because then as you get, you know, more experience, you can start experimenting a little bit with how you, uh, construct your creative, for example. So like you, next time you might do 400 postcards, but 200, you do blue and 200, you do red or 200, you do, uh, uh, you know, with this particular copy and then 200 you do with a different particular copy and then you can analyze those things. That's, I mean, that's advertising 101 really. Uh, but that's the, that's, you know, everybody knows maybe, maybe people don't, but very few people do, you know, and it sounds like you're a man of action. So, um, that's, that's really great. So uh, let's kind of go to the next step. They pick up that call, you know, you have the call, right? And then you go uh, visit the, you know, with the seller and that kind of thing. How do you establish trust? So we kind of go from the, maybe not online, if it's direct, if, if you're doing direct mail, it's, you know, it seems to work that way. Um, how do you, actually, let me ask you this. No, does online work? Yes, it does. It does work. Uh, that's on, online is a form of um, marketing. I've played around with, uh, I've gotten a, I only got maybe one or two deals from Facebook marketing um, by utilizing, you know, market Facebook ads. Um, but my go-to is, is like, I use other marketing strategies such as direct mail um, and cold calling as well as, you know, text messaging and um, RVMs. So, but um, okay. Facebook, I need, to, I mean, I think Facebook is, is a, is a, 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 a platform that people, uh, a lot of people aren't touching. So whoever gets a hold of that and masters that, um, is on to something. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I can help you with that. Maybe I can uh, help you uh, tackle that because there's some cool things that you can do with like an email list or I mean like a list, uh, for example, um, to really uh, dial in on the people you want to talk to. So, But uh, let's jump into kind of the offline component. You meet with the seller. How do you establish trust, especially when they've got like a, a stack of cards of like, man, I don't like that deal. I'm just going to call this guy. He sent me one just the other day. Uh, how do you establish trust and build rapport with somebody who's in that uh, circumstance? Right. So for me, it starts with it starts with the phone call. Right. You send out the marketing campaign, and then for me, it's it's like it starts with the phone call. So how I set it up to is I have a marketing number on my postcard, and I usually use a service called like CallRail, right, where you can purchase multiple numbers and then track, right. So for each marketing, like each postcard, each marketing channel, I have a, a designated number for that. Um, campaign so what i do is um i have that number whenever they call into that number i have to go directly to a voicemail so and that voicemail says hey look um uh you just reached adrian watkins um if you have a pro uh, if you have a property for sale please leave the name of the uh, your name um number the address of the property and a good phone number to call you back on typically if they pick if they get a postcard in the mail and they call the number on that postcard there's some sign of motivation you know what I mean? And a lot of times they, 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 uh, they may be calling, um, to, uh, and they don't want to, a lot of times they may be calling and, um, you know what I mean? Cause they, you know, well, you may have some people that call that are just hot headed, you know, they, they, Hey, stop calling me, stop sending me stuff in the mail, et cetera, et cetera. So that's another way to like weed out who wants to sell their property and who doesn't. So, uh, once I get that phone call, I take that in every phone call that we get, I tell people, I tell them to look at that as a motivated and as a hot lead, right? Um, so I get that, especially if they leave a message. So some people are going to call in, they get the voicemail and they don't leave a message. I, st I still call them, I still call them back. But for the people that leave a message, they get moved up uh, on the priority list. You know, those are like super motivated. They want to sell. So it starts with the mm -hmm. phone call. 
once I get that phone call, I take the approach of, of helping and adding value. Um, you get in, 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 your, your income is in, in directly correlated to the value that you bring to the community. Um, so you got to understand what it is that you bring to the table and how you're and how you're providing value to that client. So I take the approach of helping that client. So I ask, hey, look, um, hey, how you doing? Um, 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 how can I help? You know what I mean? I take that approach. Um, why are you looking to sell your property? And if so, if I can buy your property. Um, with you know, if I can give you exactly what you're asking for your property and close within um, the time frame that you need me to, um, what would be the best price you would consider for the property? You know what I mean? I, I try to t hit all the pain points, and as you're doing that, you figure out okay, they may be wanting to sell because they don't have the money to fix up the property, or uh, they may have just gotten in, done with an eviction and tenants trashed the property, so um, they just want to sell it. They're done with the property. They want to liquidate, um, you know, their asset and just move on to another project. Or they may have gotten a new job and they need to move pretty quickly. So a lot of times the sellers that we're, um, that we're dealing with, uh, there's some type of uh, distress situation going on, which is, which is how we step in and we uh, uh, trade equity for speed and convenience. Excellent, excellent. So... Uh, I was a little yeah, bit all please, but... <laughs> No, no, no. But that's all pieces of it, you know. Uh, it's all definitely uh, relevant. So, um, you know, when 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 you're talking with people and you know they're in a distressed scenario, do you ever feel that heat that that comes from behind the phone or you know in person? Do you ever feel kind of like, man, like they are in a really bad scenario? Do you, yeah, do you feel that heat? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, whenever they're in, whenever I'm in that situation, I try to. Um, not try. I do my best to help that 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 seller out. Um, whether that's closing within seven days, as is buying the property, as is without an inspection period, or um, you know, seeing if I can just you know finding out the the ex all the details that I need to know about the property, so that way I can offer the maximal amount of um, allowable offer that I'm able to for that property, so that way I can put as, as much money in their in, in their pockets. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, it happens all the time and I, I do my best to um, provide as much value that I can. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's switch to the, uh, the funding partners in because, you know, that's, in a, that's a totally different type of person. They're not in distress. They got a bunch of cash in the bank, you know? <laughs> They're feeling pretty good. Uh, so, so tell me about how do you start building that network knowing that, you know, it, it seems as if, and correct me if I'm wrong for sure, because I don't know your industry that well. So. Like, but it seems as if, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, you have that competition. You've got those, those people that are kind of looking for that quick, get rich quick kind of scheme saying, Hey, you know, yeah, like doing stuff in a, in a, in maybe a, a shady manner or what have you. And they're probably reaching out to people that these funding partners that had hey, to have a lot of capital. They probably got a, a pretty professional career, I'm guessing. Um, and they probably, you know, correct me if I'm wrong again, they're getting contacted by people like this quite a bit, uh, for these opportunities. Is it tough to break through and, 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 and get the attention of these people? Um, it's, it's really not because a lot of times the people, you're not just calling anybody, you know what I mean? That has money in the bank. Um, you're specifically calling people that are interested in real estate. So you got to think like if you have money sitting in the bank and, I mean, and, and you got a property that's 70 cents on the dollar, 
you know, why would, and, and you're interested in real estate, why wouldn't you want people sending you stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Had, so how do you find those people? Right. So you find those people by um, utilizing, there's several strategies that you can utilize, but I'll touch on some, right, for your, to give some value to your audience. Um, one of the strategies that you can utilize today is um, using Zillow um, and, and contacting landlords right now in your current market. So, for example, um, you can use Zillow and look at all the for, uh, for rent listings and typically, um, and not the listings that are by property managers, the listings that are by actual homeowners, right? And typically, those are, those are landlords. Those are people that own more than one property and that are, and that are um, investing in real estate. So, um, you can use, and their number is on there and the proper, actual property is on there. So, what you can do is you can call that landlord and ask, hey, my name is Adrian, and I'm 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 investing in in um in, in the current in whatever uh, let's just use a, like on Orange County, right? I'm investing in Orange County, and I see that you have one two three Main Street for rent. Um, I have access to super discounted deals, sometimes fifty to seventy cents on a dollar. Would you be interested in properties like that? If um, would you be interested in properties like that? Most of the time, like 95% of the time, 99% of the time, they're going to say, yeah, what do you have right now? <laughs> um, and then you mm -hmm. say, okay, great. Well, what is the good content information for you? I'd love to send you my inventory. You know what I mean? And then boom, you just find, that's a funding partner right there that you just added to your, to your network. Yeah, that's great. And I'm guessing you uh, manage these people in, 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 in two different ways. Like you might say, okay, well, here's a list of people that are motivated sellers. And then you're building a, a, an email list or some kind of list of funding partners where you're like, okay, well, I know, you know, this, these amount of people that I can reach out to. So, Hey, when I've got this, you know, particular one, I can go boom, you know, share it out to, to, to the list of funding partners that I have in my, in my network. And then it's just a game of ongoing expanding both of those at the same time and then working those deals in the middle. Is that, is that kind of what you're, you're up to? Yes, so pretty much I build, I add all of my contacts into a CRM, a customer relationship management software, and um, I tag them accordingly, you know, um, tag them as cash, cash buyers or funding partners, and then some as motivated sellers. And then, of course, we all know, uh, I think you have a little bit of sales. Um, the fortune is in the follow-up. So um, you may have um, a motivated seller reach out to you um, today, but they're not quite ready to sell today. So it requires you to follow, follow up with them in the future. Um, so uh, yeah, we I utilize a CRM to, um, you know, keep things organized. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, using that kind of as a bridge to get into our next uh, next C here, the, the three C's of the podcast. Uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit to community. Um, you know, do you, uh, you you mentioned over the uh, over our first call that you do some community involvement and some community work. So uh, I, I'm interested in that, but I'm also, but, but to, to kind of, uh, but prior to getting into that community work, I'm interested in like, how do you continually develop relationships with the funding partners? Because it seems as if the, 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 the motivated sellers, you know, you, you, you deliver uh, your, your service to them. And then after that, you probably don't talk to them very much, but the, the funding partners, these are people that you're probably going to have an ongoing uh, relationship with um, and you know it's it's to their benefit uh, a lot of times so um, is it is it is that an accurate 
uh, view of that? And how do you uh, develop those relationships to where you've got, you know, some strong partners that you can count on uh, more often than not? Right. So uh, that's a phenomenal question. You know, I think it's, it's to each its own. Everyone wants, everyone operates their business and, and, and you know, has their own way of operating their business. Right. Um, some people, some people believe that, um, you know, they don't need a, cause my, my, my funding partners list, I have like a, I have like over 2000 cash buyers or funding partners. So some people may feel like you don't need that many and that um, you may only need five, five go-to uh, people. And they, they formulate that, um, that, that relationship with those five. Um, with me, I, 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 oper- I like to operate my business as a business. So how I, when I get a discount of property on the contract, I, I send it to all 2000 people and, you know, and whoever, you know, I say, Hey, highest and best offer. You know what I mean? Who's willing, you know, highest and best offer. Cause at the end of the day, I'm spending thousands of dollars on marketing and I'm spending, um, you know what I mean? And I'm doing a lot of the legwork to get these deals. So, you know, I should get paid, um, paid for it, for my efforts and my work. Cause you got to think like wholesaling is like, is easy. It's, it's simple. The process is simple, but it's a lot of work. It's hard work. So, um, and you got to think, why, why do you think they're not doing it? Because they don't want to, they don't want to be them talking to the sellers. They don't want to be sending out the, the thousands of dollars on the marketing and et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's another way. That's the way how we provide value to, to the buyers. You know, earlier we were talking about how I provide value to the sellers. This is how I provide value to the buyers. You know, they, they have, all they have to do is check the email and they have a disc, they have the opportunity, the opportunity to buy a discounted property. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, talk about, about uh, your community work or what kind of community work are you doing? Like for business or like personally, like yeah, personally. Okay, personally. So um, I'm always I'm always networking. I'm always going to like um, you know meetups and and networking events. Um, you know that's how, that's another way how I um, you know I build my relationships and formulate my relationships. Um, at the end of the day, um, business is it's it's all about your network. You know what I mean? Um, so you know I, I'm I'm real big on building relationships and talking to uh, and meeting new people. But um, as far as community work, um, I just started, so I'm, it's still kind of like an ongoing thing, and and and, and still developing, developing as 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 we speak. But um, I'm 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 working on a project to where um, I, I'm giving, I want to give back more to the community um, because, I, like I said, there's a statistic out there that 76 percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and a lot of them aren't aware of their the the, the different strategies that are that that that's involved with real estate. Um, a lot of times when people hear about real estate, they think of a real estate agent, not knowing there's several other options and routes that you can take. So um, I actually dropped a book. Um, um, I, I wrote a book called Real Estate Secrets, where I give a little bit more insight and go into detail about um, you know the secrets, if you should say, of uh, the real estate game. So um, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm starting. To, I'm going to do more of that and start. You know. Uh, doing a little bit more talks and, and, and events and putting on events and meetups to where I can give back to the community. Um, yeah. Yeah. And help, and help people get involved in your industry. Right. Um, so in the, in the realm of community, uh, I asked this question to every guest on the strong calm podcast and it's called the village question. So okay. I'm going to hit you with that. Uh, you don't, you know, I, we, we didn't talk about it prior. So uh, just kind of, interested to to hear your take on this um so the village question goes like this um pretend that you're building a village you're building uh you know just 
imaginary village somewhere in the U.S. And uh, it's up to you to fill it up with people. Um, but you're building it from scratch. You know, it's a, it's a deserted town, for example. Um, but you've got four billboards uh, to put up, or maybe, you know, you got four directions to send some direct mail. Uh, and uh, you, you can only put one value or principle on those four uh, billboards to attract people to your village. What four values or principles would you put on each one of those, uh, on each one of those uh, pieces of print? Okay. So I can pick a value for each, a different value for each billboard? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 All right. And I'm trying to get them to my community, right? To my village. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the people that you want to attract? What value is essentially what value is a principle? Yeah. I would say, um, Hardworking, is that does that count? Hardworking. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Discipline. Um. Hardworking, discipline, action taker, and um. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Hard work, discipline, action taker, and um. Ambitious. <laughs> nice. nice. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a busy community. You're gonna have a hustling community <laughs> over there, man. That's what we need, man. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I can at least some values out there, right? Uh what about love, right? Loving, uh, trustworthy, yeah, yeah, loyalty. I miss I need more than four though. I need more than four billboards, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I but love, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I definitely need to put loyalty up there though. One on them, yeah. Cool. I know what's I hit you. What's, you know, what are yours? I'm curious to know what are yours. What are yours? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. A good question. <laughs> uh, I actually kind of cheat on it because, uh, like, I have five. Um, you know, that that question kind of originated from a conversation I had with another uh, person I had a podcast with. His name's uh, J. Michael Smith. Just kind of came about. Uh, but I'm very passionate about values and principles. And uh, when I was in car sales, you know, a differentiating factors like you know you're you're kind of up against uh the the misconception that car salesmen are sleazeballs bad people and they have a just you know car salesmen in general have a bad reputation unfortunately and you know sometimes for good reasons kind of like mlm as well so i had to differentiate myself uh from somebody and so what what i did was you know i wanted to hone in on who the person i wanted to be to the customers that i interacted with and how i wanted to do business so uh i took my my, my creative writing background essentially and created this acronym called DRIVE, which made sense because I was in the car business, but it has also fueled how I think about doing business today, which is uh, I want to be dedicated, I want to build relationships, have integrity, uh, move with volition. Volition is a fancy word for willpower and do it all with enthusiasm. So those are mine. I, I have five. I asked you people yeah, yeah. to give it four. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, moving around along to, to company, man, uh, and, you know, we, we kind of dip our toe into communication, community building, and company all, all at once, you know. Uh, so to kind of wrap it up, um, you know, you started doing this 
on your own, but now you've got a few employees and I assume helping you out. So uh, tell me about, you know, how, how this has scaled for you and uh, what that process has been like and, and what your primary focus is now uh, that you've got other people involved. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So um, throughout the years, right, I've hired, like I've hired several employees. I've hired um, uh, cold callers. I've hired uh, virtual assistants, you know, um, I utilize a lot of virtual assistants overseas. And um, right now I just have, um, I kind of scaled down, right? To, to, cause I'm, I'm all about, what I realized is, um, that's a whole nother story, but I kind of scaled down to where I'm still doing deals, but I'm putting more in my pocket. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm minimizing my, my overheads. Um, so I kind of scaled down to where I just have, right now I just have a virtual assistant. And she helps me with like the admin stuff and um, follow up and stuff like that. But um, in the future, I, w I would like to, because like to be honest, like hiring, hiring uh, and developing workers—that's a whole other skill, right? In itself, you know what I mean. So um, you know, that's a whole other skill that I, that that that's, you're gonna need to master and, and perfect. So it's hard because it's hard to find good 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 work. So. Mm -hmm. uh, in the future, I see myself um, uh, scaling my business a little bit more and <clears throat> and um, hiring more people uh, like that. If that answers your question, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, those those are some challenges that any entrepreneur is going to go through. Is just like how you can uh, successfully bring more people into the fold, but also uh, keep keep the keep the lights on and. Right. Uh, healthy margin and all that kind of stuff like you know it's a it's a challenge it's a balancing act but it sounds like you're in the middle of it kind of just uh learning as you go and you know that's that's really what you got to do um one, one question i do have though is do you think other people should kind of like uh, who is this business good for you know you, you kind of found your way into it but like who's this business good for and and who should be attracted to uh, becoming a, a wholesaler in real estate like is, is this something for everybody or is this like something that like you're kind of uniquely just kind of skilled for right that's a great question so I would say real estate in general I think everyone I personally believe everyone should, should learn real estate um, because it's a phenomenal investment vehicle um, you know simple simple supply and demand um, there's you can't build more there's no way you can build more land right unless there's like a volcano or some eruption or something like that, right? You can't really build more land, but the population is steady increasing. So it's simply simple supply and demand. The prices of real estate will over time always go up. There may, there may be like a little dip, but eventually it's gonna come back up and it's usually in a five year cycle. Um, versus stocks, you know, stocks is a lot more volatile than real estate, you know? Um, uh, but I think everyone needs to know real estate. I think it's for everyone as far as the actual nit like niching down and actually actually picking a strategy like wholesaling. I think um, I think everyone could wholesale, but I would say it's it's more for people that are that that don't that are li have limited access to income, right? And they're looking to build you know build their 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 money up. You know what I mean? And, and put some more money in their pocket. Like I said, one deal, you're only one deal away from changing your life when it comes to wholesaling. One deal could put five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand in your pocket. So, um, and, and keep in mind, it doesn't require you to have any money up front. So um, I think wholesaling is more for people that are looking to get started with little to no money. That's my opinion. Um, now, if you're already established and you already have um, 
money in your pocket um, and something saved up, I think there's other strategies that you can you can uh, capitalize on. Yeah, and you're utilizing rental properties, is that right? Yes, yes, yes. So what I did was I started with real estate. I'm, I'm wholesaling. I still wholesale, um, but I don't look like I don't look at myself as a wholesaler. I look at myself as a real estate investor, right? Because I utilize several strategies. So what I did was I wholesaled, I wholesaled, and I took the profits from wholesaling, and I reinvested that into rental property and into rental property. Uh, and so now I've built up a, a portfolio. I have, I have several properties that pay me um, every month um, with consistency. Um, you know, Excellent. yeah, got to manage the tenants and all of that, but you know, that's a, it's part of the business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, how is that? I mean, it's, long -term. it's like that, that seems like that, that seems like something that would like demotivate, you know what I mean? Like people see right. the lucrative end of like, man, it would be great if people were paying me rent every month. Uh, oh, but at the same time, I don't want to mess with all the. Right. See this strategy, see the way I, the strategies to like, I don't, I'm not a, like this strategy. Like I make sure the properties are in all good conditions. So you can't like, I'm just minimal repairs. Also, um, cause I utilize the strategy of, um, like refi I refinance out and get, I get some of my money back tax free. So, um, but there's the, it is, I, I, I thoroughly screen my tenants as well before I, you know, just, I don't just put anybody in the house. I screen my tenants. And then um, I make sure the property is in great condition, in good condition. And um, so that, you know, a lot of that stuff, I'm, you're more dealing with, um, I don't know, it's just part of the business, but I choose to self-manage my properties. If I wanted to, I could delegate that to a property management company. So that's, that's, that's the way with that, mm -hmm. you know, if I really wanted to. But um, right now, I, I don't have a problem with self-managing my properties. Cool, cool. All right, man. Well, to wrap up, I'm going to ask, like, you've got this book. Real estate secrets. Um, I'm asking, you know, what's one secret out of there? Like, give me, give me one. You know, you got to give my listener one secret. What, what's one secret that uh, they could maybe uh, entice them to pick up the book and get uh, all the other? Right, 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 right. Well, you guys already got more than one, I think, from this show. But let me see. One, another. Okay, one, good, good, good. I, I don't want to be greedy, but <laughs> another one I could drop for you guys is. Um, let me see which one I can give y'all is. So when you so another secret you guys can get is um, to find discounted properties, right? If you guys want to find a hundred discounted properties right now within the next thirty minutes to an hour, all you guys need to do is get some get a, get a, get a vehicle, put some gas in it, and drive down um, a, a B to C class area in your in your market and look for distressed properties. And, and utilize an app called Landglide, L-A-N-D-G-L-I-D-E, -E, right? Utilize that app, find out, and what that app is gonna do is gonna tell you who the property owner of that property is, right? Make a list of those properties, find a minimum of 100, right? And um, then you're gonna take that list and find out the mailing address of that property, the owner of the property, and then you're gonna send them a mailing campaign or you're gonna cold call that list, right? There's more, I, I go into detail about that in the book, but that can get you started. Once you do that, once you uh you do that, um, I mean, the hundred pro do if you do that, that's you could definitely find a deal in that. Um, some signs of distress are um, overgrown grass. So you may be driving and you see a property. Everyone has their lawn cut, but this one property has like overgrown grass. It looks like it hasn't been cut in the last three months, four months, six months. So um, that's a sign of distress. You may be driving down the driving down the block and you see um, a house with a blue tarp on it. 
you know, that's a sign of distress. You may be driving down the block and you see a house with window units, old AC units in the, in the, in the windows, and all the other houses have central heat and air. You know, that's a sign of distress. Um, so you want to look for signs of distress and then take the address of those properties, use, utilizing that at Langlide, and then um, and then, um, then send out a marketing campaign to them, Go uh, do a marketing campaign to them and ask if they're interested in selling their property. Man, that's, that's some free game for sure. Uh, I, I got an education, man. I, I like, I, you know, I, I've got a friend, you know, that, 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 uh, is, does, does wholesalers similar business and stuff, but, um, uh, man, you, you, you definitely, uh, brought some strong calm to the audience today in terms of laying out the business and making it, uh, relatable and understandable and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I can go out and do it tomorrow now. So, uh, if I chose to. So, uh, I appreciate you being a guest. And, uh, yeah, no I mean, cut you off here, but make sure you guys like this this um this video or subscribe to this show, or whatever. If you got any sort of sort of value, all right. Um, like I said, it was a lot of free game in here. Make sure you like this video. That's all we ask. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, send a subscribe over to uh, Adrian Watkins on, on YouTube. I'm going to put uh, all the ways that you can find him on uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, his Instagram is Major Deal, uh, which is pretty dope. Uh, what, is that like Major Underscore Deals? Is that it? Yeah, Major Underscore Deals with a Z. Right on. So, um, any any other parting words that you got, Strong Calm audience? Uh, or in, in, in anything else you want to motivate people to do? Uh, yeah, just I just want to say like, hey guys, man, just take action, take action, man. Um, you know, realize that repetition is the mother of all learning. So if you're scared to get out of that comfort zone or um, do what it is that you know you need to do, just you know, the first step is taking action, and um, and the more times you do something, the better you'll get at it. Okay, and uh, that's pretty much it. Man, I love it. Adrian, thank you so much. Uh, you are a strong comrade to me. And uh, I, I think a lot of people would get some value out of this. So um, until next time, my audience friends, my, 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 my people, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for having me. All right.